Amen. Thank you very much, ladies. Open your Bibles again to our text passage in 1 Peter chapter 2. I just want to please the Lord. What a great song this morning. What a great song. Thank you so much for all of the music and singing. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse number 21 is our text passage this morning where the Bible says this, For even hereunto were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us. Notice these words now. Leaving us an example that ye should follow his steps. I'm going to preach this morning on the subject, living life on purpose. Heavenly Father, I pray that you bless the preaching of your word. So often, Lord, I am overwhelmed. And Lord, so often I am reminded of just how much we need you and must have and depend upon you. And this morning, I come to you in prayer asking that you would fill me with your spirit. And I come not out of habit or requirement to pray this prayer before I preach, but Lord, I come in hunger asking you, Lord, to meet with us. And I pray that the message would make a difference in our thinking today in such a way that it would be uh, that would affect our behavior in the coming week. I pray that you'd bless as your word is preached. Now in Jesus' name I pray, amen. One of the prominent truths of the New Testament is that Jesus came to earth not only to die on the cross and raise from the dead to pay for our sins, and we know that's why he came, but the Lord Jesus came to live a life that was an example for you and I to follow. And the Bible says that in our text passage that ye should follow his steps. So often we lower our standard of living by following people rather than looking to Christ as a personal example. Now I'm grateful for human examples. I'm thankful for those that we can see as an example of Christ. I'm thankful for those that exhibit the characteristics of Christ that we can look up to. But the greatest human example always points us to Christ being our example and that we should follow his steps. One of the great characteristics of the Lord Jesus was that he lived life that was planned by the Father for him to live. I want to make sure you get that statement and understand that Jesus didn't just come and live in reaction to the behaviors of the world, but Jesus came to fulfill a plan for his coming. It was planned that he would live a sinless life. It was planned that he would die on the cross. The plan of salvation was given before the foundation of the world. It was planned that he would raise from the grave and in his life and during his ministry, he fulfilled the plan and the will of the Father. The Bible says this, John 8, 29, And he that sent me is with me. The Father hath not left me alone, for I do always those things that please him. Jesus did not live life in response or reaction to the world and its behaviors. He did not live in response to their treatment of him. But Jesus lived life on purpose, with purpose, to fulfill the will of the Father. Are you with me this morning? 
No, you and I are instructed to follow His steps. That means God has a will for our life. God has a plan for our life. And we're not put here to live in reaction or in response to the world, but we are here to fulfill God's plan and God's will for our life. The Bible says this, Romans chapter 12, verse number 2. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Take your Bibles and go to Philippians chapter 2. We have this truth, as I said, is a prominent truth throughout the New Testament that you and I are to follow the life, the behavior, the emotions, the thinking, the behavior of the Lord Jesus. I'm thankful for men that I've known who have faith in God that I can follow. I'm thankful that, I, that there are women that have faith in God that are an example to me. But ultimately, our example in life and living is Christ. That's why it does us good to read the Bible and know about Him. That's why we need to hear the preaching of the Word of God. So the more we know about Christ, the more we can follow in His steps. Here's what the Bible says in Philippians chapter 2, verse number 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. Why did he do that? That was the will of the Father. He didn't come to be king. He came to be a servant. He came to be a servant. He didn't come to rule the world. The first time he came, he came to save the world. He fulfilled the will of the Father. Verse number 8, And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore? God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. I repeat, he lived a life that was the will of the Father and you and I are to follow in his steps. Now don't miss this statement. One of the tragic mistakes of life is to live life in response or live life in reaction to the circumstances of life around us rather than living God's will for our life. We must learn to control our life rather than the circumstances of life controlling us. Why? Because reaction leads to regrets and oftentimes regrets that you can't change. I don't want to live life in reaction. I want to live life in the will of God. Now, I've told this story before, but I want to tell the story again. I was preaching in western Kentucky. No, I'm sorry, not, not western, eastern Kentucky, uh, somewhere around Moorhead uh, University because my boys were younger. They were all at home eating me out of house and home. And, uh, 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 we, and, and they said, Dad, let's golf. Tuesday morning, and so we did, and we went to Moorhead State, is that right, Moorhead State uh, Golf Course, that's where we went, and uh, there was a par three, par three shot, and the only trouble is, they always put a pond right in the middle of my way, and I, I, I'm not a good golfer, I'm not a good golfer at all, but, but, but anyway, they said, Dad, surely you can hit it over the pond, it's only a hundred and some odd yards, 
and uh, they said, you won't hit it in the water. And, and so I hit the ball, and sure enough, I did not hit it in the water because I didn't get the ball to the water. <laughs> and it, it, it rolled down in the weeds in front of the, uh, in front of the pond, and uh, I, so I, I took a club, a pitching wedge or something, and I, I put it in the weeds to roll the ball out of the weeds, and when I did a snake slithered out of the grass. Now, I'm afraid of snakes. I'll just confess right now I don't like them. Dead, alive, rubber, real, it doesn't matter to me. I don't like snakes. And so in response, I took off running. I saw the snake, and I just turned to run. And in three steps, I was in full stride. In four steps, I hit the golf, court, uh, the golf cart, and the golf cart caught me right there. The next thing I know, I'm looking straight up in the air. I see blue sky and three faces, and they asked me the dumb question, are you all right? <laughs> now, now that's what fear does. That's what reaction does. And if we're not careful, the devil will persuade us to live our life in reaction to every activity of the world. But I've got good news for us. God has a will for our life. God has a plan for our life. And we ought to live our life on purpose as Christ did, not just waiting to see what's going to happen tomorrow, but making the will of God happen in our life because we are determined to live the will of God. There are four areas of life we ought to plan out and live by action and purpose rather than live in reaction to the circumstances of life. These are simple. First of all, the physical part of life. We ought to fulfill our purpose in life. I'm praying for as these uh, young ladies that sang all of these married women here, and uh, I believe there are seven ladies that are expecting children. Uh, every Saturday there's the same schedule, and it includes a baby shower somewhere around here. And uh, as I pray for them, uh, some of them, uh, the husbands, are, are, uh, uh, they're working jobs. They've already found their career. Some are going to be policemen, some firemen, uh, some work in the ministry. There's a lot of different things. But you ought to decide today and understand God has a will for your life, and you're going to live your life on purpose in the will of God. There's a physical. Second of all, we ought to choose our mental our mental will of God, the will of God for our life. In other words, we ought, to, we ought to decide what we're going to think on and what we're going to think about. I refuse to let the media tell me what I'm going to think about this week. I refuse to let the world tell me what my mind is going to dwell on. God has a will for my life, and I don't have time to be sidetracked and live in reaction to all of the things of the world. God has a will and a plan for your life and mine, and we must control not only our life, we must control our mind. Number three, we can control our emotions. We can. God gave us every emotion that we have. And he did not make our emotion to control us. He gave us motion, emotion that we can control and use in the pop, proper place. And then there's the spiritual part of life. God has a plan. God has a will. God made you. God saved you. He gave his son. And he intends and he desires to fellowship with you. I'm not going to allow things to keep me uh, from my walk with God. Uh, there are not things in this world that are going to keep me from my commitment to serving him. And so I'm preaching this morning, live your life on purpose. I'd rather be daring and bold in my planning than in my reactions to circumstances. 
Now, Jesus is our example. He lived out his life here on earth by plan and purpose. And it's interesting when you read of the behavior in Christ, of Christ, especially in the Gospels, it may seem like sometimes he is reacting, but he is not reacting. He is fulfilling God's plan for his life. I'll give you an example. In the book of Matthew, the Bible tells us a story of how Jesus went into the temple and rather than it being a place of prayer, they were buying and selling things in the temple and I won't go into all of the story, but here's what the Bible says. And he went into the temple of God and cast out all them that sold and bought in the temple and overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves and said unto them, it is written, my house shall be called the house of prayer but you have made it a den of thieves I mean Jesus just came in and he took the tables and he just threw them over he took a whip and he drove them out you say wow Jesus lost his cool that day no he didn't no he didn't lose his temper he used his temper now here's an interesting verse when you go back to the prophetic psalm about Christ you find Psalm 69.9 for the zeal of thine house hath eaten me up and the reproaches of them that reproach thee are fallen upon me. That was prophesied that he would see what was going on in the temple. He didn't lose his temper. He used his temper. He fulfilled the will of God for his life. Uh, my, my dad, we always had peace growing up, two brothers. I'm the oldest of three boys. And uh, we always had peace in our house. And my dad was willing to go to war to keep it. He didn't lose his cool. He, he used what he needed to make sure we understood he was in control. He bought the groceries. He paid for the house. He was in charge. He did what we said. And life was a whole lot better when we followed the instruction of dad and mom. And I want to preach to you this morning and say life is a whole lot better when you find the will of God and you do in life what pleases the Father. Jesus fulfilled the plan for his life. He fulfilled the plan of his purpose, of his mental thinking, of his emotions. Jesus wept when he went to, to the grave or to the tomb of Lazarus. He was angry, but angry on purpose. He was positive, but positive on purpose. He was negative, but negative on purpose. He was on purpose with his life to spiritual uh, obedience to the Father. He yielded to the will of the Father. Now, you and I are supposed to follow his steps. Uh, we talk about biographies. Brother Young uh, mentioned to me this morning a couple of biographies he's reading now about great men and men that influenced our nation, influenced our world. And I like that, and I enjoy reading. I'll drive tomorrow to Memphis and preach tomorrow night and Tuesday night, and I'll enjoy uh, on a part of that trip listening to books, and I enjoy listening to biographies. But I want to tell you something. Uh, the biography we need to be most familiar of is the biography of the Lord Jesus Christ because it is his steps that we follow in. I'm thankful for those that have served us. I'm thankful for those that have led us. But he is the leader that we're to follow in his steps. I want you to take your Bible and go to Isaiah chapter 50. Isaiah chapter 50. As we open the word of God to the prophet here, Isaiah, and we read about the determination of Christ in prophecy to do the will of the Father. Isaiah chapter 50, and let's begin in verse number 6. Isaiah 50 and verse number 6. Isaiah chapter 50, right in the middle of your Bible. Isaiah 50 and verse number 6. 
The Bible says, I gave my back to the smiters and my cheeks to them that plucked off the hair. Now this is prophecy. This is what happened to him. And this is what he determined to do. Notice this. He gave himself to the smiters. They didn't take his life. He laid down his life. You know why? That was the will of the Father. He lived life on purpose. He lived life with a purpose. The Bible says, I hid not my face from shame and spitting, for the Lord God will help me. Therefore shall I not be confounded. Therefore have I set my face like a flint, and I know that I shall not be ashamed. He is near that justifieth me, who will contend with me. Let us stand together. Who is mine adversary? Let him come near to me. Behold, the Lord God will help me. Who is he that shall condemn me? Lo, they, are, uh, they all shall wax old as a garment. The moth shall eat them up. You know what he's saying? I'm going to fulfill the will of the Father. And sure enough, he did. He was not only conceived of the Holy Spirit, but he was born of a virgin. And in his life, he yielded to the leadership and the instruction of his parents. And he grew in every area of life. When he came to the time of his earthly ministry, he always did the things that pleased the Father. For example, before he made the major decisions of choosing his disciples, he spent a night in prayer. Before he began his earthly ministry, Matthew chapter 4 and Luke chapter 4, he spent 40 days in the wilderness in prayer and fasting, and he fulfilled the will of the Father, and he is set forth as an example. And I say to us today, you and I should follow in his steps in every area of life, not live our life in response and reaction to the behaviors and the activities of the world. Life is better than that. Life is bigger than that. Live it on purpose. Live it with joy and live it with gladness in the will of God. As you know, I've grown up in church. I started going to church nine months before I was born. I, I, I grew up in church. When I was a teenager and a young man, and I've always enjoyed Bible preaching, but, but I will tell you, if there's anything that I'd ever say negative about preaching, it always bothered me when preachers preach the word of God in a negative manner. I'm not talking about, about negative things. I, I, I believe in preaching the truth of the Bible, whether that be the greatness and the sweetness and the splendors of heaven or the horrors and the depths of the lake of fire in hell. I'm not talking about that. But when they would preach the Bible saying, these are the last days. Nothing more we can do. We might as well just give up and wait for Jesus to come. I never found that in the Bible. I found that every day is a day worth living. And every day there is something to look forward to. Even as we live in what is the Bible calls the last days. Friend, I want to tell you something. Those that are on the winning side, uh, the rapture of the church is going to take place and we're going to leave this old world. And after the tribulation period, we're coming back to rule and reign on this earth for a thousand years. 
We have nothing but uh, to look forward to but good. Night turns into day. The Bible begins in Genesis chapter 1 and tells us that darkness was upon the face of the deep. But when you come to Revelation 21 and verse number 5, you find that when the day star arises, night never comes again. And we live in the daylight of eternity with Christ being the light. And I determined that if God ever called me to preach, I would preach this Bible in victory and hope. Jesus didn't come to tell us what a bad shape we were in. He came to deliver us from the prison cell of sin. He came to deliver us from bondage and set us free. He came to deliver us from the chains of sin and give us a purpose and a reason to live. And I decided that I would preach the Bible as it's given. Jesus preached life and light and hope and joy and gladness there are times of tears dear friend I understand that but those tears will be swallowed up in victory and weeping may endure for the night but joy comes in the morning I believe the Christian life is the best life to live I believe we're on the winning side that's not just a song it's a truth I haven't been sentenced to church I've been set free by Christ Heaven is our home. We have a title deed to a mansion there. Christ is our Savior. Our name is written down in the book of life. And even in difficulty, we have a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. And we have a father that provides in a way that we cannot imagine. If we do not plan to live life on purpose, we'll end up living life in reaction. And life will be filled with regrets that cannot be erased. I say today, live life on purpose. Live life in the will of God. One of the reasons we have so many ministries and so many activities here at our church, and I decided from the beginning, I wanted to have a place, I wanted to have a church not just where we went on Sunday morning, but a church that we enjoyed and we could be a part of every day of the week. I, I, I wanted folks to be a part of a church where, where we, we, we would be a witness and a light for Christ everywhere we went. A Christian school where our kids could learn a biblical worldview. I enjoy the sports programs of our church. I'll tell you the best Kentucky basketball I saw yesterday was when the five, six, and seven-year-olds lined up over at the gym to play basketball. Now, they had to point them in which direction they were supposed to run in, and sometimes they got confused, and they put little bands on their arms, and uh, the fellow that wore the red band on this team was supposed to guard the fellow that wore the red band on this team. Sometimes they got confused, but I'll tell you what, I don't even know what the score was, but it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed watching. I enjoyed watching our men giving their time and understanding they're not learning to curse and smoke and the foolishness of the world. They're in a good Christian environment enjoying life. I'm thankful for the bus ministry that will pick up hundreds of boys and girls even today and tell them of the love of Christ and not just the love of Christ but the life of Christ. I look forward to the camp. My wife and I stopped by there Friday evening on our way to a, a, a volleyball and basketball game in Somerset Friday night. I'm excited about what God's doing there. Hey, folks, live your life on purpose. I'm glad God didn't call me to be a Fox News reporter and come to church and tell everybody, did you hear the bad news here? Did you hear the bad news there? God called me to be a reporter from another country and tell, I'm telling you, dear friend, the news is nothing but good. We're on the winning side and we ought to keep on serving him. Let me read you these verses. We don't have time to look at all of them. 
Let me read these to you. James 1.19. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. That's where my mom probably got what she said to me. Son, you have two ears. You have one mouth. You ought to listen twice as much as you talk. Now, when the Bible tells me something, that means I have a decision to make. I believe I can do anything God tells me to do in the Word of God. I believe I can. So, when I read that, when he says, Let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, I believe I can choose my emotions. That's what Jesus did. Jesus chose. Here's what the Bible says of Christ. Who for the joy that was set before him, the joy set before him decided, I'm not going to respond to those that are mocking. I'm not going to respond to those that are smiting. I'm not going to respond to those that are pulling the beard from my face. There is a joy set before me. I'm going to fulfill the will of the Father. I'm going to set free the people that are under the bondage of sin. And that's how we ought to live our life. And when you live your life on purpose, you can endure a lot of things. It's just foolishness around you that you can ignore and you can disregard because you live your life in the will of God. Ecclesiastes 7, 9. Be not hasty in thy spirit to be angry, for, angry rest, for anger resteth in the bosom of fools. That's why I need to read the Bible. I need to be reminded of that. Don't be, don't be hasty in thy spirit to be angry. John 14, 27. I love this one. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So I can decide. There's no need for me to live in fear. I'm going to live in faith in the word of God. That's living life on purpose. John 16, uh, Proverbs 16, 32. He that is slow to anger is better than the mighty. And he that ruleth his spirit better than he that taketh the city. Proverbs 25, 28. He that hath no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and walls without gates. Galatians 5.22 But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. Proverbs 29.11 A fool uttereth all his mind, but a wise man keepeth it in till afterwards. Romans 8.28 We know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to those that are called according to his purpose. So as I begin my work week tomorrow, I'm not going to live it in response to circumstances and there will be circumstances. There will be. There'll be a lot of things that I can think about. But the Bible says think on these things. How much time are you going to spend this week thinking on these things? I've learned that if I live my life in response to the circumstances, I live in frustration. And I bring that frustration from the world to the church. And I bring that frustration from the news to my home. But if I dwell on these things, I find myself a reporter of good news. I find myself an encourager of those that are around me. There are four things I want to say, and I'm finished, and I have two minutes to say them. Number one, plan your week and put God first. Plan your week. How are you going to live your life? You, 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 you know what Paul said? I think 
myself happy. You know what that meant? I just decided today I was going to be happy. What, what are you going to do? Nobody wants to be around a grouch. No, 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 nobody wants to be around somebody that's negative in life. Paul said, I think myself happy. Number one, I say plan your week and put God first, Matthew 6, 33. Number two, decide what you're going to think on this week. Hollywood's not going to tell me what to think about. Television's not going to tell me what to think about. Internet's not going to tell me what to think about. If you're not careful, if you're not careful, you'll end up spending hours and hours of time that's wasted that you could have spent living your life on purpose. Decide what you're going to think about. Number three, decide what your emotions will be. Decide what your emotions will be when bad news comes, and it will. You can decide to say, well, we're going to have faith in God. We're going to trust in God. You say, preacher, what do you do when things don't turn out the way you planned? Well, there are many examples in the Bible. Acts 16 is one of those examples. You find out God has a better plan than what I had planned, and I'm going to go with the plan that God gives. What are you going to do when you fail? I'm going to get back up again. The Bible says the just man falleth seven times, and yet he riseth again. But then he says, he said, the wicked fall in mischief. Doesn't say anything about them getting back up again. But the, but the, but the Bible says the just man rise, uh, falleth seven times and riseth again. I'll give you the last one. I'm finished. Lead others in right and happiness. Lead others in right and happiness. I, I said to my staff, go ahead and stand with me. I'm finished. I said to staff this week, in fact, the last two weeks, we don't need to live our life evaluating a situation. We'll live our life improving a situation. We, we, we don't need to look at a ministry of our church and say, well, that's not going good. We need to look at it and say, what can I do to help? Let's decide this week. Our home is going to be a happy place because we decided for it to be. And we're going to live life on purpose. If you're here today and you don't know Christ as Savior, you ought to make the decision right now. Trust Him as your Savior today. Live your life on purpose. It's God's will that you know Him as Savior. Bow your heads with me in prayer and let's ask the Lord to help us apply this truth to our lives. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, in every part of your life even in what seemed to be a reaction, was a planned action. Help us to live our lives on purpose. Help us, God, that we would decide and that we would enjoy life and be glad in life and enjoy the blessings of life that you give. I pray for those that need to make spiritual decisions that this morning they would make those decisions. Bless our invitation in Jesus' name. Amen.